guys, how's it going? Welcome back to another episode of SoCal Watch Reviews, episode 63, P-Raw 63. How do you feel about that, man? 63. I feel great about it, and I feel great about our guest today. Oh, I, I no yes. words to express our guest, but uh, yeah, almost two years of doing this thing. It's it's been it's been fun. We've had a lot of different guests stop by, and today, awesome guests. So, P Ross, do what you do and introduce our guest, please. All right, we have a visionary here. Okay, mm. that's an understatement. Uh, total total understatement. <laughs> Great guy. He sees the future. Yes, you know what I mean. He is not just. In the watch game, he is a watch enthusiast. That's so right. let's give it up for Big Mark, Long Island Watch, Islander Watches. Yeah. Let's go. Mark, Thank welcome. You. Thank you. Wonderful intro. Thank you so much. <laughs> I think P. Ross just woke up the entire neighborhood. <laughs> Maybe. I'm sure your Perhaps. wife is going, what the hell are you doing, Perhaps. P? Shut up. <laughs> every morning, every Sunday morning. Enthusiastic <laughs> about watches. That's all. Just tell him that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing fine. How are you fellas doing? Great. Amazing. Amazing. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I mean, you you're oh. the you're the OG of like the watch game and YouTube, man. I mean, I've been watching your channel for God, well, since since before my genesis into watches. Like I stumbled upon your your channel and I was like, man, this guy's pretty knowledgeable. Like, dang, he's mm. smart. <laughs> yeah, I've been around for Absolutely. a while. How long have you had the, the YouTube channel? The YouTube channel, um, a long time, but it wasn't active. I probably started oh, okay. the YouTube channel, oh my goodness, sometime around like I'd say like 2010 or so. Um, oh, wow. In the, the first dozen or so videos, I didn't do. I hired someone to do it. No way. Um, oh, yeah, no. yeah. Little known fact. That's why they'll, they'll start with a guy named Dominic, who I, who I know. And mm. he did the videos for me. And then, oh, let's see, probably a couple of, then it kind of went, it went dormant. And then, you know, honestly, my, my, my genesis into YouTube was um, meeting TGV and mm. actually sitting in his studio while he, reco- while he was filming a video. And I'm like, what? dude, I, I can do this. This guy's, I mean, obviously he's got his own excellent, you know, video, video editing and everything else. But I'm like, yeah. I should be doing this too. And he's like, of course you should be doing it. And that was like, um, I want to say, I think it's like 2016, 17. That's when I really started hitting it, hitting mm. it hard. And ever since then, but I've been in the watch game since 2001. Wow. If you don't mind me asking and deviate a little bit, but how'd you meet uh, Tristiano at TGB? Oh my goodness. So in 2014, he apparently purchased a Squale from me oh. and he didn't tell me, nor did I know who the hell he was. Because again, <laughs> I wasn't in the YouTube game. I have no right. idea. And some random weekend came by. And about eight fifteen twenty ones went out the door in that weekend, and it's kind of odd for an eight hundred dollar watch. And I, I was like, "Wow, I guess the watch is just gaining in popularity." And a couple of weeks later, he just contacts me out of the blue with a really well written email. I get tons of emails for people wanting to do stuff with me, and there's always grammatical errors and stuff, and that that kind of kills me. Uh, so I read it, and I'm like, I keep reading. I'm like, "Oh my god, this is the guy that bought the fifteen twenty one." It's his video that caused them all to sell. And that mm. from there, we just kind of forged something and, you know, we're friends. Um, and I just, you know, so I went to go meet him and we hung out and I watched him film a couple of videos. Kind of cool. So that's how that's how we met. 
That is very Ooh. cool. That is very cool. So yeah. before we, we, we move on, let's do an, uh, a wrist check. I am very oh. curious to see what you got on. So I, I hemmed and hawed over it. I was like, what do I show these guys? I don't know. So, I mean, so Ooh. I have my, my, I almost said Grand Seiko. It's not, it's my prospect spring drive that so I've been shooting beautiful. on the channel. And it really is. I mean, the watch is amazing. Um, and as, and as you know, I, I usually do too. So I'm also oh, wearing yeah. my wave, my wave dial Islander. Ooh, so cool. Nice. Yeah. That looks so, nice. Yeah. How about you guys? P Ross. Um, I selfishly held on to this watch for this occasion. I am wearing the Islander <laughs> ISL 40. Selfishly, I held on to it for this moment. <laughs> yeah. The That's next selfish. Rev- <laughs> the next reviewers are crying over that. Like, when are you going to yeah. send it? P, what the well, heck? Don't be sen- I, I didn't mean to say don't be selfish. I'm like, don't, don't be bashful. It's fine. Enjoy right. it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Man, well, today I, I, I typically don't wear this, but I did because I want to give a shout out to a guy that literally has like 70 followers on Instagram. He just started. Uh, King Leathercraft. I wrote it down. King Leathercraft. He's here in Cali. He reached out to me and said, hey, man, I enjoy what you're doing. I enjoy your, the YouTube and the podcast and everything. I just started doing um, uh, leather straps, uh, mm-hmm. you know, bespoke leather straps. So he did one for my Gerard Perigo, my vintage Gerard Perigo. Nice. Uh, Epson, what does he call it? Epson calfskin. Oh my God. I I've never, I mean, I have a ton, a ton of like, straps and, and whatnot, but as soon as I took, uh, as soon as I took it out of the box and put it on, it's so supple. It's like, Oh, I get it now. I get why nice. these people are charging mm-hmm. so much. Yeah, no, it's, it's beautiful, man. And who dinky and these guys would be $300, $200. Right, so, right, right. um, you know, seriously next level stuff. So I, I, I absolutely love it, but Mark, why don't we go into uh, what got you into watches and and uh, a little bit about your background. I know you talk about it on your YouTube channel about you yep. being an engineer and all that. Yep. But for everybody maybe listening this, just getting into watches, you know, sure. just kind of let them know who you are. Sure. Um, I got into watches probably as a youngster. Um, oh, my okay. dad was into watches. Uh, he had a couple of Concords. Um, he had a, which I have now, a nice date just um that i still wear uh and that kind of just i was always kind of into watches i bought a tissot in 1988 when i was on vacation somewhere um i didn't know what tissot was um and then i i got an oris at some time after that and i kind of just really just kind of got myself into it uh being an engineer kind of enjoy all the the automatic aspect love all the moving parts the gears and stuff and you know one of the coolest watches that I owned was the Swatch Irony and Soul a body. Mm. It's a see-through front and back, you know, total, totally skeletonized watch. Yeah. And I love watching the little pieces and stuff. And, you know, th- to marry what I love watches and a business was obviously a good idea, but no, I was, uh, I went to school for engineering, um, mechanical engineering. I was an aerospace engineer for 13. I still am an, I still am an engineer, but never stops. Uh, 13 <laughs> years. I went from 19. I graduated uh, Cooper Union in 1998. And then I, l- I left that job in 2011 to pursue watches full time. And I've been doing that, you know, wow, it's going to be, it's going to be 10 years this year, which is nuts to think that's about insane. it. Wow. Yeah. yeah so I, that's who I am. That's crazy. Right on. Great origin story. <laughs> Amazing. But uh, before we get into out in the watch questions, yeah. we have to know what's your top three favorite watch brands? <laughs> okay. Uh, my top three brands, probably, I don't want to be too 
fanboyish. I love Rolex. Mm-hmm. Um, I, not necessarily from for what they put out because I don't follow what they do every year. I kind of just hear from hearsay. I look hearsay articles. I flip through on my phone. I just kind of see what they're doing. Um, I, I'm I like them because of their marketing. I think their marketing is amazing. For them to be able to consistently build such a following that when they release a new watch, even if it's just changing a bracelet or changing something mm-hmm. minute, they've got people lined up out the door the next yeah. day waiting to get it. And it's not, you know, a hundred dollar bauble, you know, it's stuff that's seven, eight, nine, 10, 15, 20, $30,000. Right. Um, so I, I think their marketing is primo, whatever they do, their secret sauce. I, I read, I read a stat when I was first getting into business, um, into this business that, uh, of the top 10 brands that advertise in wristwatches, Rolex was number one. They spent more than two through 10 combined. Uh, wow. So they really want to position themselves to be, you know, top dog. And I just think that to me, that's why I really admire what they do. Granted, I love their watches. I have, I think four. Wow. Yeah, I think four. Yeah, I have four of them. Um, and I'll get more. I, and then the, the other reason I like them is because they simply do virtually everything that's in the watch. They make their own steel or they make their own gold, make their own components, turn their own screws. I think all those little things are, you know, know, true vertical manufacturing, which I think is kind of awesome and, you know, kind of lends to why they're so darn expensive. And that Mm. marketing. (laughs) A brand that I admire for technical prowess would be Breguet. Mm. I'm a big Breguet fan. I don't own a Breguet, which is weird. Uh, Maybe one day I will, but I just love that, you know, they stem from the lineage of, you know, watchmaker from hundreds of years ago. Yeah. The name exists. The The guy's inventions are in so many watches. The Breguet Overcoil is in virtually every mechanical wristwatch that's out there now. You know, never mind the Tourbillon, the Tourbillon and all that other stuff that he did and automatic winding mechanisms, all those other things. I think they're a brand that's really cool. Love their dials. Mm. Uh, the guilloche on the dials is Crazy. gorgeous. That's what is. What more is there to say about them? And then uh, my last one will be Seiko. <laughs> I, I think for you know for reaching the masses, uh, they do a wonderful. They do a wonderful, wonderful job. Yeah. Um, and then in recent years, they're one of the very few brands. Uh, whole, um, uh, what's the word? Mainstream brands that kind of took took courts and put courts a little bit more to the side and focused more on automatics you know the lion's share of watches sold in the world imported into the u.s are courts courts is a tremendous majority uh probably i'm gonna guess over 95 percent is courts um so for them to take a break and say you know what we're gonna kind of they had they had the core line their their little quartz solar line they still do those but now you see there's so much more of a focus. You know, they elevated yeah. Grand Seiko to another level. And then they're focusing. They've created this whole prospects thing, uh, putting all their divers into the prospects line. They took prestige and elevated that. And for a guy that loves automatic watches, I think they're doing an awesome job. And their new Seiko 5s, getting automatic watches into the hands of people more your age, not my age. Um, and that will continue the, you know, the rebirth of the hopefully the wristwatch industry and smartwatches don't kill it cool wow he's calling cool. us young p ross <laughs> you know, i don't know about that i'm kind of old so at, at this point i realize i'm one of the older people in the industry 
<laughs> oh man. Wow. Well, let me you you hit on a good point. So let me ask you uh about Seiko, right? A lot of criticism yeah. around the watch community about them trying to move up market and people don't know how they feel about it and I get it. <clears throat> I mean, it's an entry entry level brand, right? Um so this twofold question, I guess. People complain about the the QC issues, right? So they're like, how can they move up market with having QC issues and how can they move up market period? they should remain affordable. So how do you feel about both them moving up market and both them moving up market, but not correcting their QC issues? Okay. So let's address um, the QC issues first. Mm -hmm. And by QC issues, I assume you mean bezels, not aligning chapter rings, maybe hand missile. Yeah. Um, My, my $5,500 spring drive has a six o'clock marker that is not aligned. You probably can't see it, but it's off by, I would say about an eighth of a marker. Uh, Um, and I expect it. Um, but the QC issues that you call them, again, I'm going to go back to numbers. 95% of people that buy a Seiko don't give a crap about the alignment of the chaptering if it's off a bit. Watch collectors, watch connoisseurs, purists such as yourselves and, and people that are in the online community. They tend to develop large amounts of OCD. A lot of my customers are very OCD. Um, and this bothers them, but the most of the people that Seiko are selling to, they don't care. They really don't care. So uh, I got to believe at this point, they know about their QC issues and they just choose not to fix them because I don't Hmm. think it really gets back to the factory that it's an issue. Um, Nor the only people complaining are, (laughs) you know, these small communities. So I kind of, don't really, I understand it's an issue for you, for me, um, for all your, probably most of your viewers watching, but for the layman, it's not a problem. Wow. So that's my opinion. Okay. I, I could be totally wrong, but that is my opinion. I, the other question about them moving up market. So it, it, it's, it's a slippery slope. They don't, they haven't really gone up market much. Um, people perceive them going up market. The only thing that's cause them to go up market is the the disappearing of the gray market gray market is really going downhill they made a vow years ago to tackle the gray market Hmm. um so let's take an snk 809 which is that 37 millimeter military watch on the fabric Mm -hmm. strap that almost everybody's got the sticker on that box was always 185 dollars always that's the sticker price. That was never a $65 watch what? like you get on Amazon or a $60 watch or a $55 watch. The gray market became so prevalent that it drove all the prices down on those little Seiko 5 models, on the SKX. The SKX is a $375 watch, I think. Really? Um, now I'm thinking about the SKX 173 and the 175. Those were the two models made for the U.S. They were, you know, a 300 and change dollar watch. Uh, so when people say Seiko's going up market – they took Grand Seiko and went up market, sure. And then they developed a whole new line of presage with Shippo dials and these other ones. And sure, those are up market. Those are a thousand bucks and, uh, and stuff. But like the presage series, that's 475. That's kind of still in the wheelhouse of what they were always selling at. The one thing they got rid of was they got, they've abandoned a lot of the lower end quartz models that mm-hmm. they sold so many of. Um, so that's did they go up market a little bit, but it's really the 
price that the customer is paying is changing, um, but it's not because they're charging more. It's because they're eliminating sources of distribution that were knocking the price down. Mm. How's that sound? Interesting. <laughs> that's a that's a great answer. But I, well, I, 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 unfortunately, it's just it's one of those things. It's it's not like you can just say it everywhere. But it's yeah. really it's it's the honest truth. It's because there the middleman is back in the game now, and that causes the price to go up. Mm. That's okay. pretty interesting. Wow. Okay. That's insane. So, so you gave your three favorite watches. I what did. about what about movements? Uh, Swiss, Japanese, or German? Hmm. Miota 9015. I think, and and, really? the, and that whole series, the Power Reserve series, the Offset series, I think those are, yeah. I mean, I know enough about, of all the brands I sell, I sell Salita, I sell Etta, I sell Seiko Movements, I sell... Um, Every line of Miyota, 9,000 down to the mm-hmm. 821A in 8015s, 8215s. Uh, yeah, I think the Miyota 9015 is one of the best movements out there. And I think it outperforms at a 2824, Solid SW200. Um, the Seiko movements, like I use in the Islander watch, like the NH36, it's an amazing movement. There's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with it. But Dollar for dollar, that's probably the best movement out there. But if you want a great movement at an affordable cost, the 9015 is just like I started using it in one of the dress watches recently. Mm, And, you know, I started using it because I know it's a good movement. But then the more people I talk to on the other side of me and industry, the people actually making the watches and the people running their own tests and everything, the 9015 comes out on top. Wow. So, yeah, so that's kind of where it's almost sad to say. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I kind of, I dig that movement, 20,800 beats per hour. Maybe the only thing against it would be that it's a unidirectional winder. Um, but other than that, accurate, it, it's even in its base configuration, it's finished nicely. It's, mm. it's easy to regulate. Uh, it's just got a lot of stuff going for it. Yeah, one of so, my main complaints that, that I have with the Miyota movements is the rotor because it's it's a little noisy in my opinion. Yeah. But I could tell, and I'm I'm not an engineer or even know about watches that much to look at a movement and be like, oh, okay, you know, I, I see this, see that. But one of the things I do see is like the screw on the rotor, right? I think the NH only has one and this one has two, I believe. I think it has three actually. Or three, you're right. Yeah, I so, think it's three in a triangle configuration. So mm. just by looking at that alone, I was like, all right, so I, I could definitely tell it's not in the same level as cnh but right. it's a lot noisier in my opinion but yeah i agree with you um yeah it's definitely a great movement I, I was really expecting for you to say maybe german maybe like longa or something but uh yeah interesting well you know what it depends it depends how much money you want to spend sure right sure. i mean that's kind right. of what <laughs> what it comes down to yeah, no, I, I guess you're right. But let me get into a business question because I, I admire you not just from a YouTube perspective and a watch perspective, but you definitely are a visionary, just how uh, Pete Ross envisioned you. I mean, uh, introduced you that you're a visionary. <laughs> and um, basically, I, I know you started selling watches online very early on when it wasn't really a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, also, you saw the uh, vision to start selling um, aftermarket parts for Seiko. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you saw the vision uh, for the Islander watch. Right. right. So. Right. It, it, it's crazy that you 
knew things ahead of time and you were kind of a pioneer in your industry. And I admire that. So what advice do you have for anybody starting a business, any business? Uh, what what would be a good piece of advice you you have for somebody? Well, you know, more specifically in, in what I do, um, I kind of just saw the need for things um, being ingrained in it for so long for at this point now it's going on near 20 years that, yeah. that I've been doing this. So I see what people are buying, see what they're doing. I was certainly not the first person to sell Seiko watch parts by right. far. Right. Um, but I was one of the, I probably still am one of the only people in the USA to do it. Um, so is that a visionary? I don't know. I kind of had a good idea. Uh, and then, <laughs> you know, the Islander story I tell is that, you know, the SKX, I had gotten definite word that it was being sunsetted back in 2019 when I was in Basel um, in a meeting with Seiko, I was told. So it being that it was a majority of my business, I knew then and there that I had to create something that would take its place. And that's kind of how yeah. the Islander was born. Um, but I, I guess a lot of that just came out of, you know, necessity and mm -hmm. looking in the future and seeing what the heck was going to be happening and how was I going to make ends meet. Um, but I guess in the more general sense, I, as, as silly as it sounds, it just never stopped working. It never stopped grinding. Um, I, I work a lot. Um, people say in my videos, oh, you look tired. Well, I am tired, but it's not because I didn't get a good night's rest. I just usually don't sleep because my brain is always circling with ideas. Uh, but, you know, when I was starting out, I worked a full-time job. I'd come home, um, have dinner, and then I'd go to work at the next job, you know, my, you know the, the watches. Uh, and that continued for, that was 10 years I did that. Wow. Uh, and then, you know, then when I left my career to focus on it full time, I thought, wow, I'm going to have plenty of time. Well, you don't. It's amazing how when you start focusing on things, you know, the day goes fast. And, you know, I probably there are days when if you count the time on the phone, it's 18 hours, it could be 18 hours a day that you're working. Um, so I, my, my bad advice for poor health is, is never, is never stop grinding, never stop working. Uh, and that's it. The more, you know, I just, I just said this in a video. I did a video where people, well, actually you <laughs> asked me questions and I answered and I answered yeah. yours first. And by the way, Ray, thank you. I, I got I got admonished by the Spanish community for pronouncing your name wrong. So Miguel, I, I said yeah. Miguel, and I had so many people <laughs> from the Latino community go, "It's wow. Miguel, M E E dash G E L." I'm like, "Oh my goodness, I'm sorry." <laughs> oh wow, coming from some guy that hates his name spelled wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't want to correct you. Even my who did I show it to? I, I showed it to my brother-in-law, like the guy that bought the the, the watch from you. Oh yeah, he's yeah. like me, Quell. <laughs> he looks at me. I'm like, it's okay. Hey. he's white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> so I correct myself here, Miguel. I'll never do it Thank wrong you, again. You're welcome. Um, I forgot where I was going with that whole thing, but you know, yeah. on oh, the video, you answered some questions. Yeah, I. I I, I guess I don't know where I was going, but <laughs> Perfect. Just, it's, you go. <laughs> yeah, it's just, con it's just constant work. It's work all the time. So and unfortunately that's what it is. I, I do want to ask you from a, and I don't, I'm not sure if you're comfortable answering this, but from oh, sure. a relationship standpoint, because we're, we're P Ross is married. I'm married and, and, you know, doing this YouTube thing, as you know, takes a long time, right? So you have your job, then you do the YouTube thing and you're constantly talking about watches and doing the podcast and doing whatever. And it takes a lot of time away from your family. So, 
I, I guess the question that I have is how do your how does your wife feel about you working overworking? I, I, I guess I should say. <laughs> um, she's okay with it. I'm actually in her office now, um, in her okay. home office because I don't want to use mine. Uh, so my wife actually works for me. So she's nice. one, she's the accountant. She's a CPA. Um, nice. Very supportive. Um, you know, I have three kids also on top of, on top oh, of yeah. just being married. So, you know, over the years, I guess I've just kind of learned to absorb it all when that goes into the late nights and stuff. And, you know, sometimes, you know, work doesn't start until all three kids are sleeping. Um, so it gets even later, uh, but no, very supportive. And, you know, I said, you got to work and grind all the time. Yeah. There is that work-life balance. Eh, there is, you have to make time for it when it's necessary. Um, I hired someone, I hired another guy um, back in October because it was really just getting to be way too much. Um, And since then, I've actually been able to take a little time off at night. I can watch TV. I've never watched TV at night in all of my, you know, ever since I graduated college. Never sat down, never just kind of chilled on the couch. It's always been working. Um, So it was kind of nice to see what you know, what people do at night. I was like, Oh, this is interesting. Mm. I, I had Netflix for, you know, almost since it came out digitally and I've never even launched it. Oh, wow. Oh, look at it. You got all these shows on here. <laughs> so wow, yeah, it's, it's, it's been kind of nice you know. So I, I guess, you know, you got to make time for it on, you know, fortunately or unfortunately, and you got to make your decisions. What suffers? Oh, I knew what I was going to say before. Okay. <laughs> so in the, in the, in that video, I had said that, you know, when you work for someone else, you, your, your, your potential is limited. Um, the amount of money you can make is limited by what that person wants to pay you. True. It makes sense. Amen. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. if you want to work, now I was in, I was an aerospace engineer, but I was in defense um, and big corporate America company with a hundred thousand employees, um, 40,000 in North America. So just a number kind of thing. Yeah. Love my boss. Great guy. But if I work twice as hard, I'd get, Instead of the, the company-wide 3% raise, I got 5%. What, what do you freaking do? <laughs> yeah. Whereas what I do now, and if you, if you really truly put your heart into it, if I work twice as hard, the potential is there to make twice as much money. It's not that, that maybe not necessarily going to happen, but the potential is there. And that's yeah. kind of being your own boss is like, that, that's number one. You know, I cut as many strings to people that I'm dependent on as possible. So cool. that's kind of where I'm going. Great advice. Now, so does, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Piras. So being in the watch industry and being an enthusiast, does those two worlds collapse? And you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So un- unfor- unfortunately, um, yeah, unfortunately, sometimes watches just become a commodity. Okay. Uh, to me, it's just something that yeah. I am buying at one price and selling at another. Um, you know, I don't even know the number of watches that have passed through my hand. It's probably over a hundred thousand watches just through receiving inventory. Um, if I happen to ship stuff out, I mean, I don't ship, I got I have people that do all the shipping for me. Um, but you know, eventually it's just, it's just, unfortunately it's just a commodity. And very rarely am I stricken with a watch where I'm like, I have to have that watch. Uh, th- this spring drive I had to have buddy of mine showed it to me and he said, Hey Mark, you see this? And I said, Oh my, I have to have that. So of course being a Seiko dealer, I was able to 
pull some strings and get, <laughs> and get myself one. Um, but it's very rare that I'm enamored over the moon, excited, you know, can't believe what they're doing. Only for my own watches that I do, because I guess there's a lot of, you know, obviously it's an extremely large financial investment on my part and everything else. Um, but I, yeah, I, it, it, does, it does take a toll. And sure. you'll find that most people that are in the industry – um, forget the micro brand industry, go into the larger business industry, mm-hmm. Seiko management, citizen management. Uh, they are not enthusiasts. They are capitalists. Right. Right. And it is just a matter of how much crap you can shove through a vendor's door in a year to make a number. And that I try not to become that. Um, but at the same time, it's difficult because that is what pays the bills. Right. For sure. Yeah. For sure. It, it honestly doesn't come across that way. You you still come across as an enthusiast. And, right. And, oh, and right. I, I think that's why you're making an assumption. I think that's part of the success of your business right. is that people align with your with your beliefs and with, with the way sure. you, you come across. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely, you know, I st- uh, – I'm definitely a mom and pop store. Um, I guess I'm pop, uh, <laughs> but you know, it, it's a lot bigger, I think, than people imagine. But at the same time, you know, I worked in my father's hardware store. My father owned a hardware store in Manhattan his whole life. Um, he got it from his father and, you know, I kind of, I really enjoy the entrepreneurial spirit. I love yeah. owning your own business. Um, but I, I try to keep my personal aspect in it. And cause I do love doing, it. I do love working with people. I love talking to people every day. Um, and I love watches. There's no doubt about it. I do love them, but at certain times they, they do become a commodity, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, I did want to ask kind of going backtracking a little bit about your wife. What was that like to tell your wife, I'm an aerospace engineer. I'm assuming making really good money to say, Hey, I'm going to quit my job and just focus on this watch thing. I mean, <laughs> how did so, you no, no. It? so now I have, so I've known my, my wife and I met in high school. So okay. we've known each other since mm. 10th grade. Okay. Wow. We, okay. she went to Binghamton university, which is upstate New York. I went to Cooper union, which is in Manhattan. We dated through college. So they're, they're separated by about 200 miles. Um, so we got married in uh, about f- a few years after college, 2001 and she knew that, you know, I started my, I started a business in 2001, uh, selling watch. So she knew what was going on oh. and I enjoyed it. It was, you know, 2003, I launched the website um, and business started picking up rather quickly. Um, again, I was one of the first people to do it um, online. Um, a lot of the people that started with me are no longer around. I would say Joma mm. Shop is probably one of the only other ones that's kind of still around. Mm. Um, and... 2006, my first son is born. So now I'm still cranking every night. I'm working, I'm working. And the income in the, from the business, the revenue is starting to creep up, creeping up, creeping up, creeping up. You know, And I'm getting really excited. Go to see my accountant. I'm showing him and he's like, you have a hobby. He goes, you don't have a business. <laughs> he's really, I love the guy. He's so down to earth. He's like, you know, so what? You made an extra blah. He's like, it's a hobby. He goes, keep, keep working at it. So sure enough, mm-hmm. 2000 and let's see. 2011, yeah, my son started kindergarten. And both sets of our parents were not able to do any of the bus work. So Mm. I had planned in advance. I said, you know what, I think 2011, I'm going to cut the ties to, you know, 
my job and go full time. And she was very nervous, very scared. Number mm-hmm. one concern was healthcare, um, yeah. because healthcare, you know, insurance was through my was through where I worked. Uh, but she was able to. She was a controller in an equity firm, so she was able to get insurance herself. Okay. Uh, and I made the I made the switch. And she was scared. She was nervous. You know, again, my accountant was the guy cheering me on the whole way. He's like, "Don't worry." He's like, "This guy's." He's telling her. He's like, "He's he knows what he's doing." You know. Just you know, be confident. You know he's got potential. Blah blah blah. And you know, look, here we are. A decade later, she left her job a few years after that. Awesome. I've hired numerous people along the way. Uh, I have people all over the country that work for me nonstop. Uh, it's just so yeah. I, how was it? It was difficult in the beginning. Very difficult. And you know, the latest guy I hired. Uh, in October, who I'm actually friendly with, uh, friends with beforehand, we were co-workers uh, back at my old job. Oh. He had to kind of do the same thing. His, him and his wife had to discuss, hey, you know, Mark wants to hire me to be his – he's basically my right-hand man now. Um, I'm going to leave this steady job that I have making a steady paycheck and go to a guy who's saying he's going he's gonna to pay me. And so it's kind of, so I kind of felt what the poor guy was going through. I knew what he yeah. was going through, but I just said, you got to have faith. I'm, you know, hopefully I'm not going anywhere. Right. Uh, but yeah, so kind of history repeated itself a little bit. Wow. Now see a watch guy. No. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. okay. So that made cool. it a lot easier. He yeah. is a watch guy. He actually okay. uh, had me finagle on it. I know I actually happened to watch two of your, two of your podcasts yesterday because <laughs> I had oh. to know what I was getting into. So oh. I, you have wearing an SPB 143. So that's actually one of the watches that he's like, can you get me an SPB 143? I'm not allowed to sell them, but I'm like, um, if I can get this, I'm sure I can get an SPB 143. Mm, do you mind them. if I ask why you can't sell an SPB 143? So Seiko has very, yeah, you can, it's fine. Seiko has kind of strange distribution habits um and i'm talking present day right now this could all change tomorrow i never know um but part of their strategy to do upmarket, as you were saying before and as we were saying before with their 6r15 6r35 line they kind of made the decision that anything that's a 6r15 or higher um so more or less at 600 bucks and over mm-hmm. um cannot be sold online through shopping cart technology with an add to cart button what? has to be call to order. So if you go to a, you know, you go to any of the big uh, Seiko guys, I'm not going to name them. Um, you more than likely cannot buy these watches online. You have to either call them to order it or you have to walk into a store. Mm. So because I don't have a physical store, shame on me. Um, it's just a choice that I made. Um, I am not permitted to carry them. Mm. Wow. wow. That's weird. Very it's kind of weird. I understand it. You know, I sat yeah. with the with the president of Seiko and he explained it to me and I was like, okay, whatever. I'm happy, dude. I'm happy doing what I'm doing. I'm happy right. for the opportunity that I have to sell what I have. I'm thrilled. When people think Seiko online, a lot of times they think of me. Makes me happy. Um, they treat me well. I think I treat them well. I give them a lot of lip service. I give them a lot of YouTube time. So it kind of just works out well. Hmm, cool. So, Mark, you mentioned something pretty interesting. So you you went back and you listened to some of our podcasts, so we appreciate that. And and we did have a question uh, with one of our guests about kinetic movement. So right. we were asked, like, do you guys know if it's still being produced? And we're like, hey, we have no clue. But apparently you do, obviously. So uh, Yeah. Well, I, I did a little research on it, and the, the USA hasn't had a kinetic watch in years. They stopped making it simply due to – 
just issues with customers and them not getting sure. charged up enough. Um, so in the USA, you will not find it. Uh, in some markets, they might still do the Premier line, which the Premier line isn't even in the States. Um, but yeah, they kind of, they, they nixed that. And interestingly enough, just as kind of almost like a, a parallel or a sidebar, um, I just mentioned this in the in the video, two videos ago that I did on uh, new uh, Titanium Seiko that came out. They seem to be curtailing solar as well. Um, wow. That I think there's something deeper to oh. it. I do think that there's something else behind it. Um, uh, really, I can't really say much about it, but it's kind of, it's, evidently absent uh there's been no solar solar releases in like the last six months everything mm-hmm. is quartz based and a lot of the popular solar models like the tank dress watches the sup 880 have gone to full-on battery quartz mm-hmm. um, so i gotta like, yeah, curious to see what what kind of happens there because i love solar okay. i think it's so cool yeah, yeah. I have two solar watches so and it and it's yeah. interesting because i mean citizen build their whole basically business with the eco drive time mm-hmm. Big, and they just came out with that brand new movement uh, a year and a half ago or so um super duper thin mm-hmm. um you know never needs a battery change solar blah 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 blah. like you know and we, when we mentioned when we talked about seiko before i guess it's seiko seems to be taking the high road with automatics we're a citizen citizen usa really doesn't market manufacture uh, Really, any automatics is just a couple. Um, yeah. Most citizens in this in the country are solar. Um, if you want the autos, you have to go gray market or overseas to get them. Yeah, mm-hmm. I noticed that. That that's why some people, uh, like family members, friends, are like, "What about you know what what watch do you recommend?" And I never say Citizen, and they always go, "What right. about Citizen?" Mm-hmm. I've heard about Citizen, but it's like, well, if you want a solar watch, but they don't yeah. really. They happen work. to make great watches, and they they are. I mean, you know, at least a few years ago, they were the number one watch producer in the world. Um, there's nothing to believe that they probably still are not because uh, they obviously own a lot of brands. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Just citizens. I'm sorry. just doesn't light my fire. <laughs> mm. I don't own any citizens and I've been hesitant. I, I've been I've been looking at the Nighthawk just because it's kind of like that, a, a, that's the only right. watch. <laughs> right. That, yeah. that, that gets a pass. That one's actually pretty cool. Oh, and a Blue Angels <laughs> if you like super complicated watches. Yeah, that one's pretty right. cool, too. Right. Very cool. All right, so how long before launching the first Islander watch were you planning the Islander watch line? Almost happened by, you know, uh, forced my hand, I guess, in a way. In 2018, I was at a jewelry show in Vegas, um, and I sat with a brand owner, someone I won't mention who it is or what brand it was, but someone I don't really sell their watches. I just kind of know the guy. And he had said to me, you know, with your following on YouTube, on Instagram, I mean, that back then I wasn't even over 100,000 followers on YouTube. He's like, why don't, why don't you just build your own watch? That's what you should be doing. And I was like, eh, I don't want to build my own watch. I don't like it. I, I don't want to get into that. I'm happy doing what I'm doing. Right. Uh, so then fast forward, you know, March of 19, now I'm already making parts and stuff. And I learn from a VP over in Japan that Seiko is discontinuing the SKX officially. And then my, I'm on a train now from Basel back to Zurich and my gears are turning and I'm like, Oh, 
bad word. Uh, you know, <laughs> so I got to do something because this thing, you know, there was, I want to say in 2018 or 19, I sold 3,500 SKX watches. Hmm. Um, so it was a, you know, a, maybe not a large source of income, but a large source of revenue. And it kind of just came to me there that I should just be making the next level SKX. And that's, that's March of 2019. Um, the Islander came out in September of 20. It's funny. 2020 kind of like disappeared from radar. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So September, 2019 is, is when the Islander came out. Mm. Uh, so, you know, it took me about eight months or so. If that's about right. I, or six months. I, I literally, the second I got back from Basel, I started cranking on, you know, finding a manufacturer and getting the thing made. Um, and then, over the summer, I was dealt what I thought was going to be a death blow. Um, when I was in Basel, I was told that the Seiko 5 lineup was changing mm. and they were introducing all these new divers, right? Yeah. And no photography was allowed. I wasn't allowed to talk about it. But, you know, I was like, okay, sounds cool, whatever. Uh, and then, like, over the summer, they released them. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the next generation SKX. I'm like, and I'm making my own version. This is going to be horrible. And then it turns out they made it 100 meters water yeah. resistant, mm-hmm. not a screwed down crown. Uh, and just, you know, they, I think they lost a lot of purists with that one. Uh, yeah. So kind of, it kind of still cemented what I was doing. Um, and then the price that you could buy mine for was still comparable to what they were selling theirs for. But mine was sapphire, ceramic, hand winding, hacking, solid links, screws, blah, 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 blah. Mm, yeah. So, yeah. So about six months. There's your answer. Wow, that's crazy, Ooh. P. I mean, this, this guy, you yeah. move fast, Mark. You move. I had to. So, what's right the biggest lesson you've learned since you know actually launching a watch line, especially in such a short period of time? Uh, probably a bunch of lessons. I guess to you know to learn a lesson, you had to have done something wrong. I would say so far, I haven't done anything drastically wrong with with the watch line. Although people hate the logo, which I think is hysterical. Um, <laughs> I would say number one is you can't do everything yourself. Um, and that's something I definitely learned over the years, not just with the watch line, but with the business. You know, as an entrepreneur, your hand is literally, when you started, it's just you. So your hand is literally in every single thing. I mean, I was paying bills, I was doing the accounting, I was balancing books. Um, you know, I was marketing, I was advertising, I was putting stuff on the website, you know, had one guy that was helping me make graphics, but that was it. Um, And then over the years, gradually, I realized you can't, eventually, you got to relinquish control of things. Um, And then once the Islander line came in, that started taking up a lion's share of my time. So then I definitely learned the hard way that you had to give things up. And I have given things up. that's a lesson learned. And I guess my other, another lesson for me would be don't listen to people do what you Mm want to do. Um, you know, my uncle has a lovely saying that is you don't ask a fat person how to get skinny. Um, (laughs) people have opinions and they voice them constantly. You know, when I was still working in engineering, everyone knew I was for eight years or nine. No, actually 10 years. For 10 years, I was working as an engineer and work and selling watches. And everybody knew this. I wasn't, you know, there was no conflict of interest. You know, I was designing avionics for the military, not, you know. Yeah. So I, but people all the time would say, you know, Mark, you know what you got to do? And I'm thinking, 
No, what do I tell me? What do I got to do? And just immediately my brain just goes off. I don't want to hear what you, I don't want to hear what you have to say unless you're running a business. Um, unless you're a watch enthusiast, unless you're this or unless you're that, I just, you know, you kind of sure you listen to everybody, but just follow your heart, follow what you want to do. Right. And, you know, you'll learn if it's right or wrong. You don't know. Absolutely. How to do it. Great advice. Absolutely. Yeah, no, you, you're right. Yes, Taking advice from somebody that's not a business owner or this or that or whatever, you know what I mean? It's yeah, people don't, so- yeah, people don't understand that. They, they just think that you're just sitting there selling, you're just sitting there in your underwear <laughs> selling watches. They don't realize right. how much there is behind what I do. You know, obviously there's a whole supporting cast of people that I couldn't do it without. Um, and then there's just all these systems that interoperate to make a website function. Um, And it's a lot of engineering involved to get every piece to fit, every piece of the puzzle to fit together, Um, you know, for an order to come in, to be processed, to be charged, captured, sent over to a shipping platform, you know, label format created, and just to designing the packing and shipping area such that it could be as efficient as possible for the, you know, uh, there's a Japanese term, Kanban, um, you know, just all these things, the, the most often gotten things are as close to the person as possible. So, you know, maybe you don't have to move more than three steps to pack, you know, 10% of the watches that we sell or whatever. So there's all these little things come into it. And, you know, there is a lot more than just, oh, you know, your design sucks. <laughs> there's a hell yeah. of a lot more to it. Right, right. No, I agree hmm. with you, man. Wow. All right. What does the next five years look like for you in terms of uh, where the company is headed and also the Islander line? More of the same, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I just think it's going to, you know, people, I, I, I'm asked that a lot, um, you know, and, and you're supposed to, you know, I never even, I never wrote a business plan for myself. People say, oh, you should write a business plan so you kind of have an idea of where you want to go. Right. I never did that. Um, I just always say I want to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, I want to do more of it. Um, I have no plans to do anything drastically different. Um, I have no plans to splinter off into other, under other businesses, uh, at least as myself as the owner. Um, yeah, just more watches. I really want to focus on the Islander line, um, cause I really enjoy it. Okay. Uh, and more of the same. It's what I, Ooh. it's what I okay. like doing and why change what you like doing. Yeah, if it ain't great, broke, man. don't fix so, it. Yeah, well, yeah pretty a, much. One of the questions that popped in my head is obviously a lot of your watches are homage watches, really. They look like the SKX. Well, obviously sure. now you have different things, but yeah. um was there ever a thought in your head that you said, Oh crap, if I if I put this out, obviously I know the the CEO of Seiko, if yeah. I put this out it's gonna be a conflict of interest, I should probably separate what I'm doing with another right. website and with another Instagram and what. Yeah, have you. sure. You know, and that's something that came to me, you know, a few months ago, I started thinking, wow, if I, I always try to plan ahead for things, um, you know, the way I'm going. And I was thinking, geez, if I ever want to cleave this off, you know, cleave off the Islander line and sell my business, I kind of not set up for that. Am I? <laughs> um, yeah. But I'm like, I, I can't see myself ever doing that. Um but to your larger question of conflict of interest, as I said earlier, Seiko is full of capitalists. They want to make money. If as long as I'm selling their watches, um, they're happy with it. If I was doing this, if there was another micro brand out there that, hey, I was kind of using their designs as inspiration, 
I could see somebody getting upset, but a company like Seiko, first of all, the volume I'm doing, although it's grand for me, um, is nothing to them. Uh, it's really a, a fly on them. Um, I don't even, th- I don't think they care. Um, and if they did, they would probably say, good job. You're doing great. Um, we're all just selling watches. It's really what it comes down to. I mean, eventually everything is an homage to everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the Rolex sub inspired basically every dive watch out there, even if they say the Rolex was inspired by another, whatever. Um, but you know, it's, it all comes from, it all comes from one place. Um, if you think it's bad now, just wait a few months. There's other models coming out that <laughs> people are going to flip their lids over when they <laughs> right. see. Um, but, you know, I've said it, I'm going in, in two certain directions. You know, one direction is the homage line. And honestly, it pays the bills. It does well. The watches sell phenomenally. Um, I'm not stepping on anyone's toes. I'm not violating any copyright or trademark or anything. Uh, that's one direction. And that funds the other direction, the other direction, which um, does newer types of watches like that. The, well, I call it the ISL 54. Um, it's that the three, six, nine, 12 watch, you know, kind of like an a dial pilot. It funds the pilots watches that I did. Those are all original designs. Granted. Yeah. yeah a pilot's watch is a pilot's watch. Sure. It's going to look like any other pilot's watch, but it's my case, my dials. I chose the hands. Right. Um, I did all that stuff on the 54 ditto. It, the case may have been inspired by something else, but the dial is all its own. And then on the latest dress watch, that is my case. People say, oh, you ripped off the Sarb case. It looks like a Sarb case, but the Sarb parts will not fit on it. It's a different case. It's a different profile. It's a different thickness. The lugs are different. Um, there's a lot of differences in it. Um, but then there's already, I want to say there's three or four more majorly unique, not, nothing other like nothing out there designs coming out probably later this year i hope um and then there'll be more of stuff that looks really familiar to a lot of people and again that one one funds the other yeah cool cool so has seiko i'm sorry i'm sorry oh go ahead i was going to talk about homage but talk about seiko and no has seiko ever gotten with you and commented on your watches anytime yeah it's a nice job okay really hey There yeah, you that's go. What's up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, like it all started with the SKX, which is a discontinued watch. So say what you want about it. Right. Um, it is discontinued. Um, the Samurai case one that I do is not a Samurai case. It's actually smaller than a Samurai case. It takes 007 parts. I thought that was a genius maneuver. Um, <laughs> take a watch. That, 007 has a whole ecosystem built around it, as does the 013. So there'll be designs coming out that will look familiar. But they'll take all the old 13 and 007 parts. What kind of fool would not harness that opportunity? Yeah. Um, you know, so like I said, so later this year, I'll release new watches, but the parts will be unique. You won't be able to swap anything because there's going to be no other parts for it. That right. to me is, it's a way to go. It's fine. I'm happy to do it. But if you want to mod it, you won't be modding anything. If you, you know, in 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 um, engineering, we always, especially for the d- defense, you try to make it everything as modular as possible. Um, so you could put things together in a different configuration at a later date. And there's this whole ecosystem of parts available for turtles, sevens, thirteens, eh, a little bit of samurai. Why wouldn't you make a watch design that would harness that? Because now the user can 
buy it and do whatever. They have a whole plethora. I don't have to develop anything. Sure, I sell some parts, but you can go to any parts guy you want. Anywhere around the world, their parts will work on my watches. That to me is like, it's like a win-win for everybody. Cool. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, I was just going to say that uh, it's no secret that I don't think P. Ross has much of an issue with um, homage watches. But not I, really. And, and what I'm talking about is not homage in a sense that they take inspiration because you're right, Mark. Everything takes inspiration from something. I get that. But mm -hmm. I'm not OK with the one to one replica replica or a carbon copy like Pagani design. Right. Or, or, yeah. or those things that like clearly just remove the logo and it's a Rolex like. Right, it, it I looks get it. like a sure. relic. So, uh, I I've seen your designs, right? So I I recently had the opportunity to check out the the one piece wearing the ISL forty, the field watch, and it really did remind me a lot of the khaki field, right? Mm -hmm. Hamilton khaki field. But you did put your little spin on it and with a different bracelet, and it does look different enough, in my opinion, where I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of your SKX models really do kind of don't look like an SKX because you changed the dial, you no. changed a lot of different things. So again, I'm okay with that, you know? So I, I respect what you're doing and I, and I see how they're the foundation for what you want to build upon. Right. So they're right. the ones bringing in the money. So Correct. I respect that. So I just don't want people, I'm, I'm bringing this up because somebody brought this up to me, right. On a podcast. And they said, well, you have such a, such a gripe with homage watches. How do you feel about the Islander watches? And, and it took me by surprise. Cause I was like, how do I feel about the Islander watches? Yeah. And I'm okay with them because they do, in my opinion, they do look different, but furthermore to kind of expand on that, I have a Pagani design, right? And I've handled your watch, not even close. The quality is completely different, man. I mean, I could tell that you take pride yeah. in what you do and the QC is there. And furthermore, like I said in my in my review video, which by the way, thank you so much. I want to thank you publicly again for giving me the opportunity to be the first person to review that watch, the ISL uh, 40. Thank you so much. But like I said, that one. Pick it up. I see pick it. it, I up, see pick it, it up. Like I said uh, before, your customer service is top notch, man. I mean, obviously, I bought the watch that got me into the hobby, the SKX 007. I bought it from you like six years ago, and I was oh, nervous. Really? Yeah, I had, I had never go back on your records. You could check it out. I Paid will. A hundred and ninety five dollars, and the reason why is because I subscribed to your newsletter, which I still get, and I got a discount, a five percent discount. Nice. I think five percent. Yeah, you're um, right. That's what it is. And uh, I, I messaged you and I, you didn't know who I was. I didn't know who you were. I wasn't on YouTube. I was nobody. I was barely getting into watches. And your response was like this. I mean, you were just replying back to my emails, answering all my questions. I was like, man, this guy is actually really good. And then the more I saw your channel and heard about you and I have a bunch of friends that have actually purchased watches from you. It's like, yeah, Mark is a man. Like if you're going to do business with anybody, this is the guy to do business with. So what I'm getting at is that although your watches do are, are homage to something else, they do have their own little spin on them and doing business with you would be a no brainer. So I recommend right. anybody listening and watching. I am not kissing Mark's ass. I promise you that the guy's a good guy. That's why well, we had him on the show and we, we stand behind him. Yeah, I'll say, the, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I think the customer service there is awesome because I ordered a uh, Q Timex with the Coke bezel. Oh, another, one, another guy ordering stuff without me knowing. <laughs> yeah, and I saw it at the price. I said, what? And I said, ding, click, get it. It was there in like two days. And I'm like, wow, okay. Yeah, this is the real deal right here. I like this. 
Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'll I'll comment. I I'm going to try to remember the two things I wanted to say. The the first thing is that, you know, a lot of people will say, um, you know, wh- why you could just get AliExpress, I guess, which everybody says, just go to AliExpress and, and mm-hmm. you can buy the same thing there. Well, you can't. Um, again, as I said, I've built an entire business around this. Um, I'm here. I'm in the States. Customer service. Everything else around it. The watches are checked. I do my best. Anything wrong, I replace it. People know this. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just a lot that goes into it, and I take a lot of pride in it. And when I see my logo on it, it, you know, I take ownership, and I know, I know it's mine. Um, you know, you talk about, uh, you know, uh, homages that double seven was discontinued. So yeah, I kind of made my own version. Then I said, you know what, I'm going to make all my own, I'm going to do a lot of different colors too, because I think they missed the boat on a lot of different colors. Right. Um, and then you'll see with more watches I have coming out, um, I'm going to take other cases that are going to look very similar. They can be modified a little bit differently, um, but I am just doing them differently. They have different dials. I just think there's a lot of lost ground um marketing to people uh so i'm gonna fill i'm gonna fill that niche and unfortunately for some people it's you know rubs them the wrong way but it's fine i'm i'm okay i'm okay with it i sleep very well at night uh so no problem there the other thing i wanted to say is you with that field with the field watch that's now been passed on you're one of the very few people that ask for a watch with the, to review it with the intent to know that you're sending it back. Yeah, of course. Man. Whatever we work out after is, is different, but there's, I just got to say it though. There's so many people out there that will not review an Islander because I will not give it to them. <laughs> they <laughs> all said the same thing. Well, you don't understand. I put all my time and effort into the video. I need to keep it so I can recoup my costs. And I say to that, I say, well, that's not really my problem. I said, how do you do a fair review if you're getting the watch for free? Oh, don't worry. I'll be objective. How? That's not possible. You can't be objective. Because right. I'll never give you another watch to review again if you give me a bad review. Um, <laughs> oh so, I mean, right. you know, don't read too much into it. I don't want to say that there's, you know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. no channel in in particular that did this to me. But yeah. there are large channels that refuse to review them um, and flat, flat out told me I don't do reviews if I don't keep the watch. Wow. Mm. That's fine. Like, but I know people have come up and say, how come none of the bigger channels have reviewed the watches? Maybe it's because there's honor among YouTubers. And maybe it is. Um, maybe somebody doesn't want to get on my bad side. I don't know. But I really have nothing to hide. Um, I maintain a stack of boxes like this with – there we go. I get both, both hands in the screen. <laughs> uh, a stack of boxes like this with all Islanders stacked. And if somebody wants one, they just ask me. And I send it to them. And they send it back. Do, do a video, whatever. I don't care, but that's what they're there for. Um, generally, they're, they're my photography samples. So I just, after they go to photo, I can't resell them because they're all the, all the stickers peeled off. So I just leave them on the side. And if, or sometimes I start wearing them, <laughs> you know, right. whatever. Uh, so, uh, but just, I commend you on uh, honesty and integrity in reviewing. I appreciate that, man. And and full transparency, I have had companies send in watches for review that I do get to keep for free. Right. And I was just talking to a friend of mine, I think David Schwartz, uh, he has another YouTuber. I was talking to him and I said, hey, man, you know what? It, it's crazy because when I get watches in, sent in that they're letting me borrow, um, I my, my review for whatever reason, I don't critique them as much. But when <laughs> somebody sends me in a watch and I get to keep it because I know 
something inside my heart and, and my integrity knows that I cannot lie to people for whatever reason, I'm more critical about it. And case in point, I mean, if you see, if you go to my YouTube channel, the latest review I did is this Aries Gold is this company, uh, you know, overseas in Singapore. Mm-hmm. And I, before putting out the review, I actually did tell the company, I said, hey, I reviewed the watch. I like it, but I have these issues and I'm going to talk about them. And if they came back to me and said, don't talk about it, I still wouldn't care because it's my review. So in my review, I was critical about a few different things. At the end, I did end up recommending the watch because it's a nice watch, you know, and I I see it. But I wanted to be critical about those things. Now, are they going to do business with me again and send me more watches? Mm -hmm. I don't know, but it's okay because this is my reputation on the line, you know, but one thing that I would never do if I do get a watch and I, and I get to keep it for free and it's an absolute garbage and that I, that I will not review it. I never want to bash a company to the point where it's like, I'm going to put them down because that's not cool at all. You know, if anything, I'll just return the watch and be like, you know what? I can't review this. I'm going to return this to you. Yeah. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, and let me, let me say something before P Ross asked something else. So funny story. So I I had that watch, right? The, the, the ISL 44 review and my brother-in-law, and this is kind of what happened behind, behind, you know, the, 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 the people, people don't know about this, but so I, I, I was reviewing it. My brother-in-law really liked it. He ended up picking it up. And the, and the funny thing is I haven't done this for my mom, but my mom is in Indianapolis and she is a big supporter of my YouTube channel, but in Spanish one, she doesn't, I don't think okay. she knows about my English one, but she, she knows my Spanish one. So she called me, it's, it's it, her birthday just passed. I gave her a birthday gift, but she goes, Hey, you know, what was that watch you had with the white dials? <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah, it's this and this. And I, oh, I told her I'm going to have Mark on the podcast. He's like, Oh, okay, cool. Hey, I'm proud of you or whatever. She's like, Hey, if my birthday's coming up, if you ever want to get me anything, and I thought she was joking because she does collect <laughs> watches, but she collects fossil watches and things like this. And okay. she knows about Fashion. mechanical stuff. And, and she's like, she, she just doesn't like paying the price, but she's like, if you ever want to get me one, I really like that white one. <laughs> that's she's the like, one. Hint, that, hint, that's hint. the one. So I was like, maybe, maybe. I don't know. That's <laughs> but funny. I guess what I'm getting to is that your your watches are so nice that they they have the appeal of even non-watch people. So that's cool, you know, that, that they look that, beautiful, man. So. That field watch, that really, it that one took me, I was really happy with the way it turned out. As you said, it, yeah. it, 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 sure, it certainly echoes a khaki, but it's different. The case is way different. Um, yeah. Hands are different. I just, and then the, I went with a totally different strap. I, I love that. I think yeah. that watch is awesome, actually. And I see it that is. watch every it day. My, my brother-in-law, he's not a watch guy. And for whatever reason, ever since he got it, he's been wearing it every day, even around the house. So just seeing it on mm. his wrist, I'm like, Mark is doing something right. I mean, he's getting oh, non-watch yeah. people into watches. So that's so cool. And and to him, like, you should have seen his face when, when I first showed it to him. He was looking at it. He's like, oh, this is beautiful. And the minute he turned it around and saw the movement, he was just uh, like, yeah. whoa, he how looked- expensive is this thing? And I told <laughs> him the price. And he was like, Oh wait, that's not a lot of money, right? I was like, nah, man, that's like mm-hmm. this guy's giving him away. Like it's a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yes, sir. But yeah, huh, good stuff. <laughs> Great stuff. So what's your ultimate goal for Long Island Watch and the Islander watches? But I want to know also what is your ultimate grail piece? Oh wow. Yeah. That's a good question. So my ultimate goal, so before you asked me for the five-year plan, you know, <laughs> I think the ultimate plan for me 
is for this business to last me into my retirement, if I ever retire. I think that's really all I want. Um, smartwatches are coming. They are definitely coming. Uh, the, the future will rely on getting teenagers now, which my son won't, my 14-year-old won't wear a watch. Oh, um, what? Yeah, I gave him a, a Seiko 5 when he was like 10. He never wore it. I wear it now. Um, so, <laughs> okay. you know, I hope that this business is, is watches or mechanical watches around for a much longer time. Um, but, you know, I'm 44. I only need another 20 years or so out of this business. And then I'm, you know, <laughs> I, I can maybe retire. Um, but that would really, honestly, as sad as it sounds, my goal is just, I just hope that it keeps it going on and that it can keep sustaining me and my family. Um, and uh, I have goals in my life. I, you know, I, I'd like to, have I this crazy dream for a beach house. I, I want a beach house. Maybe it can help That's me with cool. that one day. I don't know. Um, I live on Long Island. Uh, it's a great place. It's expensive as hell. Uh, it's snowing like the Dickens right now mm-hmm. for the third time this season, which I'm kind of done with the snow. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we're surrounded by water, but I want a warmer climate. So I, I envy you in California. Oh man, it's beautiful over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I guess the end goal is for it to really just sustain me, you know, and my family. That's kind of all you can really ask for. Um, right. You know, they say, if you love what you do, you never work another day in your life. Um, it's true. I love what I do, but damn, do I work? I work every day yeah. and I work hard at it. Uh, grail piece there. It's funny. I don't think there is one. There's watches mm. that I want to get and I have the means to attain them. Um, it's just a question of when I do attain them. Um, I, I have, so I mentioned Rolex before I have the blue dial yacht master, mm. um, which is stainless steel and the platinum bezel, uh, earlier in May of this year, much to the chagrin of people on watch you seek. Apparently I picked up a white gold Daytona. Um, oh. People didn't like that. I, somebody really got bent, Get, get their gears bent out of shape that a guy selling affordable watches bought a white gold Rolex, whatever. <laughs> it's kind of funny to see how many yeah. people like just totally bashed him down afterwards. Um, my next watch that I, well, I get watches all the time. You know, obviously I wear yeah. Islanders like crazy. Um, the next watch that I do want though, is I want to c- complete what I consider my trio of blue dial Rolexes, which would be, platinum 228206 platinum day date um mm, i want to get that nice. i'll probably get that um and then after that, i i really i honestly don't know um i'll see what life brings i definitely want to own a brigade one day uh those though can go <laughs> you know yeah. you can get in the door for 12 grand or you can get one for 100 grand you know right. where do you, you know kind of where do you want to go uh but yeah, I don't really, I don't really maintain a, a list of grails again because watches, like I said before, so do do become somewhat of a commodity. Um, so for someone to say, oh, I really want, you know, X Y Z watch, um, it has to really connect with me. You know, the the spring drive connected with me. Um, but yeah, so kind of a, a half answer. I apologize. No, but, that's great. That's no, great that's answer, great. man. <laughs> so we got about seven minutes left. This is a part in the show when we talk about other things. So it could be books or food or what, what, whatever. It could be watches, whatever you want to talk about. So Mark, do you want to talk about anything, other things, recommend anything to anybody? Um, it's Super Bowl Sunday. 
It is. I'm it making is. not. I'm making nachos later. Oh, I was going to order in, but I knew the snow was coming. Uh, um, so I did get. I got the wings. So so normally we go out every year. This year we're go, obviously we're right. going nowhere. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm not a football fan at all. Don't watch it. My son, yeah, me my, 14, <laughs> my 14 year old loves it. So okay. I told him, you know, he was upset. So I was like, okay, I'll get wings. I'll make sandwiches, whatever. So I have to make nachos. Anybody have a good nacho recipe? No, I don't. No. But, I, but if you're if you're inviting, I'm coming over. You're like, no, with coronavirus, you're not inviting me. Go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, no, I, what you know, I, I guess people sometimes ask, you know, what do you do other than work? Because I said I work all the time. Yeah. I love to cook. Oh, um, cool. And I love to read. Um, two things. I'll read anything. I'll read. I read fiction. I'll read nonfiction. Um, I am the cook in the house. I'll cook dinner uh, every day. I'll cook dinner on the weekends for the week, this and that. Um, nice. But how about you guys? What do you guys do besides what you're doing right now? Ooh, P. Uh, well, I run another YouTube channel, um, Purple Underground, dealing with Prince music. I see um, the Prince poster in the background. Yeah, yeah so, but it's more... It's more of a music channel in general, music, movies, just whatever. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like doing at the time. Um, I cook a lot. Matter of fact, I cooked a steak for my wife last night. Nice. And it was the bomb. Ribeye. Mm. Nice. Yes. yes. Nice, man. <laughs> well, for me, to be yeah. honest with you, I've been so, so much into this whole YouTube thing that it really has taken over my life. And that's the reason I was asking, right? How does your wife feel about the business or whatever? Because this has really kind of become a business without really getting paid. It takes a long time to do a Spanish channel, an English channel, an Instagram account, a YouTube thing, Mm -hmm. my full-time job, which I'm in sales. So that's super demanding. One of the biggest, uh, not biggest, but I guess the biggest salesperson in my, in my company that had been there from the, from the genesis of the company uh, just le- recently left. So they gave me about close to a hundred accounts and each nice. account has mm. different managers that, that, that I deal with on top of my thing. So it's been overwhelming would be an understatement right. and it's just has me going nuts. And then knowing that I have to do my videos and this and that, and then, I have a five-year-old, so you know. Oh. Uh, yesterday we were doing a castle. They're doing something with qu- kings and queens. So my wife <laughs> and him and me, and we're painting and using toilet paper for like the tower. Nice. So that was fun. Mm. But then when we finished that, and I was like, okay, let me get back to it. Took out my camera, downloaded a bunch of pictures for Instagram. I fixed them ahead of time. Then I was preparing for today. So it's it's been insane. But yeah, it gets to the point where I, I really want to kind of kick back a little bit and be like all right i want to be back to normal right (laughs) right right such thing exists but uh anyway mark where can people find you your instagram youtube all that stuff well online longislandwatch.com clearly uh Mm -hmm. i think my instagram is long island is long island watch uh and on youtube i think it's islandwatch.com but if you just search long island watch my my channel pops up. You'll come up, yeah. Yeah, I'll come up. If you do a Google search for Long Island Watch, I'll, all of my socials and my web presence will make itself known. Yeah, no, and you have 150,000? 150, YouTube, 145. Okay, you're almost there. You're almost at 150. Congratulations. Yeah, getting there. That's a huge milestone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's just, hey, just keep working at it, you know? Yeah. P. Ross? Uh, Ross Wristwatch Love everywhere, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. And don't forget to check out the SoCal Watch Reviews podcast page on Facebook. 
Yeah, we, we always say that and I never go to a PR. I'm sorry. <laughs> so hey, before I before I tell people where to find me, congratulations, P. He just hit a thousand subscribers I yesterday. I saw that. So, <laughs> I saw that. Congratulations. It's it's oh, a big man. deal. It's a big deal for a YouTuber to hit a thousand. It's 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 a lot of work. So you deserve it, man. You've been at it for a long time. So much success uh, Thank you. Uh, to Thank you. you. Thank you. Best both. of luck. SoCal Watch Reviews for me on YouTube, on Instagram, and Relojeando. That's my Spanish channel for any Latin America people. And don't give Mark any grief for not knowing how to pronounce my name. It's it's fine. You can call me. I will Iquel, never. He wants. No, I know. I, I love learning <laughs> stuff, man. And now now I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Mark, it's been fun. Thank you so much. Thanks for, for having me. I appreciate it, guys. Being on. Pete, thank you so much. For everybody out there, yes, stay humble. <laughs>